All righty. I know it's a serious situation. I was just trying a little levity. Hi, guys. <laughs> was it the chicken man? Yeah. It's okay. We'll go with the rubber band treatment. That's how I communicate. Um, You got to wait. Lord, help me if it backfires. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> it ain't good. I feel so powerless. My God. It was fun, right? Hello and welcome. Thanks for joining us again under the library. We are playing Call of Cthulhu in our homebrew universe, which is created by our very own keeper. If you are enjoying what we're doing here and would like to support the show, you can find us on patreon.com slash under the library, or if you would like to play in this here universe in our season one setting, you can go to drive through RPG and search for The Snake's Oil, a module written, again, by that very talented keeper of ours, starring characters from season one and NPCs from season one. I hear it's a ton of fun, but we are not playing it so that we can play it at a future date on the show for you folks. With that, let's get started. Once again, we have a full cast tonight. My name's Arthur. I am playing Franny. I am joined by Wayne as Rutherford, Scott as Cully, Chris as Boone, Emily as Joe, and Rick as someone we will presumably meet later. And as always, that amazing keeper that I talked about earlier, that guy's Michael. Michael, the show is all yours. I, I would actually prefer if you would add benevolent to that title. Yeah, let's not push it. <laughs> All right. Uh, we are set in the Call of Cthulhu uh, world as a tabletop role-playing game. And we feature mature themes, and we're very immature people. Um, as such, our content warning for the night is, is if you've ever looked at your significant other and said, it puts the lotion on, then you're probably in the right place. And with that, Scott, I'll turn that's it your over fault. to... That's your Thank fault, you. Scott. I get totally all the credit. Is. And uh, I'll turn it over to Emily with a recap of uh, Bellow's demise. I mean, last week's episode. Spoiler alert. Wow, Michael. Okay. So Rutherford and Cully were exhausted and went to bed. Bellow, Franny, and Joe discussed the trip to the lab, but decided to leave it for the next day and also sleep. At this time, Boone finally gets back, pulls into the driveway, and has to pull the handbrake to avoid hitting an unexpected parked vehicle. It's the car that abducted Richard. Everyone awakes to the sound of glass breaking on the east side of the house. Co and jo Co Co Joe and Cully. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Joe and Cully want to check. Joe looks for a weapon in the basement, but instead sees this stuffed Wolverine with claws. There's a flashback. She starts screaming, can't stop, trembling, staring, catatonic. Uh, well, not catatonic, I guess. Joey, uh, Joey's my dog. This is bad. <laughs> this is bad. Uh, that Cully? pineapple juice, was it fermented, Emily? Are you all right? <laughs> I put vodka in it. Oh... All right. Joe refuses to stay downstairs, screams every minute as Cully helps her up. Boone hears the scream, grabs a tire iron, and smashes, 
Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> this not, is amazing. Not much vodka. <laughs> just, just some... <laughs> Was there actually any pineapple juice in there? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to know why else it would have been yellow. <laughs> okay. do, do you call that drink the throat punch? It's <laughs> oh. not a bad name. Not a bad name. All right, but let me get through this so that we can play a game. Uh, Boone smashed in the passenger window of the strange car, but there was no one inside. Franny rolled a hundred looking for a knife in the kitchen, runs into Bello literally as he's running with his 38 revolver. Franny is shot in the stomach and Bello is stabbed in the arm. I'm sorry, the fleshy side of her abdomen. Rutherford is listening at Richard's bedroom door. Uh, he cracks the door open and sees a silhouette and a flashlight clicks off. There are two people in the room. He shoots person in front of the window falls, but he feels a pain in his chest and falls to the ground unconscious. Joe keeps screaming, makes the hiding a little bit difficult. Cully is ready with his slingshot. Bello leaves Franny and heads towards the bedroom. He calls, come out with your hands up. They shoot him through the door and he smells Cracker Jacks and grass. He's at a baseball game with his dad catches the fly ball his dad becomes the devil he <laughs> descends into panic and fear and everything goes dark boone circles the house uh looks in the bedroom window sees the body on the floor with another body underneath that's still moving smells of death pool of blood growing from under the door boone hears joe's screams and barrels in, joins the kids in the living room, helps them outside, sees Franny and drags her out too. Joe tries to go back in for Bello and Rutherford, but Cully talks her down. They leave in the doodlebug to get Franny to a doctor. In the house, Rutherford wakes. There's a body on him. He crawls towards Richard's body, but sees someone struggling on the floor, shoots the man and kills him. And that was the end of our episode. We all rolled really well last week. I mean, mm -hmm. that was <clears throat> mm -hmm. that was a lot of fun. And I did have a note at the end to remember that when we get through a day, we roll for stat improvements. Oh, that's and right. Maybe also when I get through a sentence. <laughs> so we're never getting stats. <laughs> Uh, Bello, you almost made it to a stat improvement. Like, oh, <laughs> wonder if it would have helped you. Does that carry over? They carry over, right? No, sure. Yeah, maybe if the stat improvement is a bulletproof helmet. Oh, wow, <laughs> too soon, dude. Yeah, little... is it too soon for that? A little soon, <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe an intelligence check to not shout at people shooting bullets you know? today's seven seven it is that's cool it is seven seven, seven. Juju. Ju. Mm -hmm. all right uh, okay so who wants to get us rolling well, i mean can I you remind us again what is it the middle it's the middle of the night like we tried to sleep we were <laughs> awakened it's like 3 a.m 
Yeah, somewhere in that Would range. Would it even be that late? Well, Boone yeah. was still on the road at 2. Oh, right. Yeah, that's right. We would have yeah, to yeah, make yeah. it that. Yep. Yeah. We based it on sure. Boone's arrival. Yeah. Call it 3, 3.30 after all the fun that happened. It was fun, right? Yeah. So fun. fun. So we're in the car and we need to get Franny to the doctor, right? So that's... Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's I that's think, number one priority. Yeah, We're going to be calling out for Boone to just get there as quickly as the doodle-bogo carry is. All righty. I... Uh... Put the pedal to the metal. Uh, I assume someone's in the back. With, How uh, fast can the doodle bug go? I'm just wondering. It's, at least 15, 18 miles an hour. It can probably it could probably go 35, maybe top speed. That's pretty good. I was gonna say, does it have metal to put the oh. pedal to? <laughs> yeah, no, put the metal the floor, to the wood. The floor's rotted out, so it's just <laughs> Try not to put the pedal all the way down to the road. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we need someone in the back. Uh, assume someone's in the back uh, putting direct pressure on um, Franny's uh, wound mm-hmm. to keep her from bleeding out. Maybe they and, are. I mean, Franny would be. <laughs> yeah, and as, as soon as Joe is is sort of calm, Not trying it, to I mean, run back only, into only, the death house. There's only room <laughs> for two people in the, you know, there's only one seat. So there's really only, and then there's a huge shifter. So there's not room for three people. So there has to be two of you in the back. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say probably I, I would be back there trying to keep pressure. Um, yeah. Right. Cause you would, Boone would want to keep an eye on Joe. So she doesn't try and hop out and run yeah. back to the house. Yeah. And Joe was calm after that. So yeah. But so yeah, what? I'd be, I'd be sort of holding up pressure and just, you know, saying, Franny, I'm sorry. Is there anything I can do? I, I let me help you. And, and does it hurt? And like, you know, I think Kali is just as nervous and, and just freaked out as possible. And so he's sort of talking the entire time to you, whether you acknowledge or talk back or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, so keeper is Franny um, sort of lucid. Is it, is it the type of wound where, you know, it's painful, but, but she knows she's going to be okay. Or is she, actually in fear for her life well this is a good question um you're definitely shot like it's not a flesh wound Mm -hmm. um and uh you're bleeding significantly and it's it is excruciatingly painful Mm -hmm. um but it's not near i mean it's not near anything vital and um how many how many hit points did we leave you with Oh, I forget. Let's check. This would, this would be um, probably helpful. Um, so I have six remaining. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you're conscious and you're lucid, but you're in a tremendous amount of pain. Okay. okay. And bleeding a lot. All right. Um, yeah. I, mean, I think that then Franny would probably be trying to not talk too much, um, but when possible, trying to uh, actually comfort Cully a little bit. Um, so, because he's yeah. clearly been through a lot, right? So my my vision is of kind of this overhead shot of the doodlebug, like zooming down the road, um, kind of at like go kart yep. speed. Um, <laughs> yeah, then a dog runs <laughs> by. <laughs> That's great. No, you hit the dog. Oh. oh well third character um <laughs> what what time of day is this for you guys three it's, in the morning 
Yeah. We could, we could push. I mean, thinking about Boone and it driving as fast as it would drive, we're probably actually closer to 4 a.m. Um, at this point. So let's call it 4 a.m. Sure. And um, so y'all are headed to the doctors. Rutherford, uh, you're uh, stumbling around in the house. Um, you know, there's like blood everywhere. Well, some of it's mine. Right. Um, and I sent you a little note last week, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> so there, because you, like, there's a chance you'll show up at the doctor then because you knew about the doctor, right? Uh, Rutherford. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I actually, amongst the, I was going to say amongst the, the talk of the group, uh, he would have absolutely heard the your doctor talk. You, you know, you got to. You would have met her at the theater, right? Yeah. Um, I, I think I was heading outside, but that whole um, escapade would be impossible to miss. So okay. I, would, I would have to say he would be uh, aware of doctors in town. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You probably know her from from town, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, Rutherford is is not oddly not con- concerned about going to the, the doctor right now. Okay. What, what is All Rutherford right. concerned with? Okay, so let's Ooh, start with mystery. the group. Let's start with maybe. Let's start with you, Rutherford. Uh, absolutely, so, R- Rutherford c- crawled forward and and found his uh, his resilience and strength buoyed and went into the room and saw this crawling figure on the f- floor and and real and obviously it's it's one of these perpetrators of the kidnapping it's in his mind and he finishes him off and then R- rutherford tries to gather himself feeling he'll probably topple over with all the things going r- wrong with him and and uh, tries to stand up and is curiously able to stand up if i'm not mistaken yep and uh, stands up and uh, and there's no light in the room so he he listens for a second i assume he hears gurgling nothing I, I i don't think there's probably anything maybe you would have heard the doodle bug uh zooming out of the driveway okay which is good and so perhaps he would surmise with the doodle bug leaving actually no he doesn't know anything of the doodle bug it showed up. He was upstairs. Right. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's a completely alien sound to him. So he would might even perceive that you know that is a vehicle that other perpetrators of uh, of the crime and such would have been using. So he's uh, he's on his um, aware, and so he goes to a window. He does not turn the light on first like you normally would. He goes to a window and wants the room to be cloaked in darkness behind him as he looks out the window so he's not seen and silhouetted and looks out the closest window, which I believe was past Richard's body. And one of the figures, the first figure he shot was, uh, I believe, silhouetted in that window, if I'm not mistaken. So that's the window he goes to, which I'm not sure which side of the house it is. And Let's just say Rutherford would be confused at this time too. So much has happened. And he looks out the window to just to see if there's any figures running about or vehicles driving away or driving up. Who knows what that car sound yeah. Make a, make a, yeah, let's see, make a spot hidden. That'll just determine kind of your timing for 
and an 87 does not make it. <laughs> nope. That's it's pretty dark outside and um uh, make a pow roll to go along with that 87. I made the pow roll by one. <laughs> okay. Uh and so you're just you're you're briefly kind of struck by these um bright images um in they're not they're not outside they're in your mind but somehow they're causing your eyes to constrict just like if you i yeah oh thank you uh causing your one eye to constrict (laughs) as if uh you had seen a bright light in uh real life um and they're they're simply um these men and women um coming to a table uh, to talk to you uh, um and uh they're, they're dressed in like lab coats with clipboards and they seem very official and there's just like these flickers of them momentarily and it really kind of distracts you as you're standing there at the window and you can't really get past them okay so you're not able to see you're not able to really focus on what's out beyond the window so at that, uh, Rutherford went then with these visions and such, and all this, uh, all this, this cavalcade of th- of imagery in front of him. He takes the curtains, which I think Richard would have stylus cur- curtains, and perhaps a nice louver. I don't know, but he 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 closes the curtains in some fashion. Um, and as you close the curtains, you have the same vision of somebody opening a, a medical curtain in your head. Okay. And um, there's a woman giving birth on the other side of the curtain, and then it disappears again. Wow. Was it a horrific vision or is it a healthy vision? Uh, it's, you know, she's giving birth. So just kind of the normal <laughs> expressions that come yep, that, along. The okay. most pleasant, along with happiest birth ever. <laughs> so more of a, so more just of a curiosity for himself. So he starts thinking of the, you know, huh, you know. If that movie 2001 was way made, why is there a baby at the end of it in outer space? Mm-hmm. Um, so he's just like, huh. Uh, all right. And so he needs to, um, to turn around with the curtain closed and uh, he's near Richard's body and these other bodies. Um, so he, he, he makes his way over to a light in the room, a, a, a lamp or a switch on the wall. Okay and illuminates the room and it's in all its gory goriness and looks around, but also looks back at the door. Would Rutherford have realized that it was Bellow that had landed on top of him at that moment? Or was he incoherent? No, because you were unconscious when Bella was shot. Right. So, Um, so so as you turn you'll see, um, you'll see Bellow's body laying on the floor as well as, I mean, there's blood everywhere, right? There's, there's first there's the the residue from Richard's head explosion. There's mm-hmm. two other individuals who've been shot in the room. Right. Um, the pretty close to where you're standing. And then there's yours and Bellows blood um, under the door. And now you see Bellows blood as well. well. So Rutherford looks over and calls out and would call out out loud because in the, uh, in the, I wouldn't call it shock, but in the, in the, noticing of Bello, he would call out Bello, you know, because he wasn't a close friend for Bello. And he goes over to Bello and he uh, roots through his clothes to get some pocket chicken. (laughs) (laughs) The last pocket chicken that Bello will ever serve. Okay. As you go over and push his body over, 
uh-huh. um, to, to root through him, um, his mouth falls open and um, uh, there's some gurgling sounds and a rather large insect crawls out of his mouth. <laughs> uh, it it pushes apart his lips and then uh, you see it uh, crawl across his face and then scurry away. So Rebecca oh, wow, really? And that was that's oh. Rick's new character. <laughs> <laughs> Hi guys. <laughs> oh my god. What are you gonna call it? Um what's the character wow. from uh, Metamorphosis? Oh my god. Jiminy Cricket. Oh uh Camus Metamorphosis. Um Is it Gregor? Gregor. It's it's not Camus. You're Gregor Gregor the Gregor the uh and the, the Beatles Kafka. 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 Uh, there, yeah. Um, so he, uh, he's not sure if that critter coming out of his mouth is real or not. So he tries to suss that out. Oh, you try to catch it? No, he tries to just uh, looking at it and listening and looking closely, tries to determine is the insect coming out of him? Cause he just has these visions Yeah, is it real or is this not real? Yeah. It, make a power roll. Okay. And a normal success. Yeah. Uh, so far, all of your visions have been distinctly separate from reality, right? Like they're not integrated with any kind of situation. So seeing yeah. this actually part the lips of uh, Bello and move through his mouth uh, is is definitely <sighs> real to you. Mm. How big is how big is this insect? Is it a, something we have non concern, or is it a significant like foot long insect? No, it was no, no, a big no. insect. I can hold my insects. Thank you very much. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to find a new host. It was a it was a solid three to four inches in length, and uh, probably you know an inch and a half to two inches wide. And I, I just want to confirm: is there a size of insect that crawls out of the mouth of a recently deceased person that is not alarming? <laughs> Is it ever small enough to be like, oh, okay, that's fine. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> so uh, Rutherf- R- Rutherford um, re- would recoil. And, you, you know, a lot of times with an insect, your normal inclination would be to, to, to step on it and crush it. But he, do- he, doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't, doesn't do that. And his, his reaction is because he's a, he's, he's a thinker, he's an egghead, and he, he uses his gun. And he oh. shoots, at, <laughs> shoots the insect. Make a, make a firearms roll for me, please. Wow. Because he's a thinker. <laughs> That's a miss. Okay. Um, Not a so terrible miss, just a miss. It's okay. The insect goes running off, um, but your your shot goes right into the sternum of Bello. Uh, oh. And there's, oh. you know, kind of a big thud sound as oh. um, you put another oh. hole in Bello. Well, he already he already didn't look healthy, and he had bugs coming out of him. So Rutherford, not thinking, he finished him off. But does does did Bello have? Does he sort of like leak gas and exhale anything like that, or have a moan, or goes or go? Why did why did you do that? I, I, wow, um, not dead yet. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, I make a medical roll here. 
<laughs> medical, medical, medical. Oh, ooh, that's not good. I have good first aid. No, not okay, good. you get first aid's fine. Just yeah, to first see. aid's better than med- my medicine. And my first aid roll is a seven. Yeah, mm. so you know that based on where he was shot in the head, that your shot didn't do anything oh, to contribute. Shot in the head, I forgot. Yeah. So okay. Yeah, any more to his his death. All right. So it was just uh, shooting into a meatloaf. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, shooting into a... There's our oh, show title. No. Yeah, I thought yeah. I already had one. All right, <laughs> shooting into a chicken loaf. <laughs> I don't think we've ever desecrated a, an old character's corpse like this. All right, and at this <laughs> point, yeah. Rutherford turns from, Thanks, guys. Thanks. Turns from the now um, bullet-riddled bellow. Yeah, I think we got it. He's dead. He's dead. He's a. He's not coming back. That's the <laughs> a bl- loaded, bullet-ridden bellow, for alliteration's sake, and turns and looks at uh, looks at the other b- bodies. And what he is Rutherford's curious about is does he he goes to the bodies and looks at their faces, and he's looking to see if it's a man with a scarred face. Um, and it indeed is. Uh, scarred face from the dry, and he and he he ste- and he would talk at this point. Rutherford's talking out loud, and he's and he's like, "Good God, it, it's it's Richard's abductors, just like I thought." And um, he would have his hopefully the wits about him. He wants to take a photograph of these two bodies with that camera that he got from Richard. Okay. All right, then I tell you what we'll do is you, if that's the next thing you want to do, we'll give you time to go get that camera mm-hmm. and come back upstairs. Um, one thing I want you to take note, make a make a little spot hidden. It's possible you haven't noticed this yet. Totally okay. reasonable, actually, if you haven't. Ooh, I uh, got it. Did I get it? I got it right on the right on the nose. Um, as you're looking down at this body, you look down and there's all this blood on you, like you're you're covered in blood mm-hmm. um, and and you look down and there's a hole in your shirt uh, mm-hmm. right about your sternum. So th- this this is the curious. So this is where and, and there's blood all down the front of your shirt and onto the front of your pants. So this is where Rutherford was target fixated like he, he gets and wanted to get to the window take a look look around saw Bello got distracted uh from Bello the insect definitely threw him his mind is completely elsewhere and in going over to this body he sees the scarred face and he's looking down at him with his head pointed down and then at that point he notices his shirt is torn and it all of a sudden dawns him that he, he was shot and the sense of this searing pain that had struck him in the chest is there and he is he he rubs his forehead for a second because this doesn't quite make sense and he takes his shirt and because he always wears a button-down shirt because he's an egghead and he unbuttons his shirt and looks where he had been shot because obviously it doesn't feel as bad as it should be it there's something not adding up right and then he he, he, a lot like Napoleon, he sticks his hand inside of his jacket in very regal fashion and feels around in there and, and senses what's odd or different or wrong or, in fact, not wrong. Uh, everything seems to be intact. 
And this, and that's where he's like, and it's not adding, adding up. He says, I, he fell to the ground and he, he's trying to put it together. And he says, well, perhaps the door was struck with the shot of whatever it was. And it was a blow and a concussion that knocked him. So that's how he's trying to exp explain it in the head. He says, perhaps it was something different and not a gunshot. Perhaps there was some sort of other concussion that happened and he was knocked unconscious. So he's trying to put those pieces together and not quite sure the blood maybe bellows or his and the short shirt got torn by fragments from the door from this explosion. And it actually, he wasn't perforated as bad as he you know, thought because he didn't even look at it before. So it's, he's trying to put, he's trying to re reason it out. Okay. And then at that point, um, Rutherford then, you know, looks at the two figures. Um, if there's anything lying nearby, like guns or anything, by their hands or anything, like he, he would quickly just grab those and toss them aside and toss them into a, a drawer or a cabinet just to keep them away. Sure. Um, they each had a gun, uh, which was on the, you know, one of them probably died with it in their hand. The other fell not too far from the body. So those would be easy to locate. Yeah, and for, with all the oddities going on. And just in case, because once again, with those car sounds, there could be other people around and he doesn't want to leave a room with weapons in the room. And he, he stuffs them into a, a cabinet or behind some books in, in Richard's, uh, in Richard's room. And then he goes to get the, the really funky, cool spy camera. Okay. All right. While he goes to do that, we will cut over to the car. Uh, I, I assume you are driving directly to the doctor's office. Uh, yep. With uh, Joe's help, because I don't, I don't know the town. I'm, yeah, I'm sure that... Dr. Gardner will help. I mean, she's a little odd, but she's always helped. People. She helped Bello earlier. I mean, she's got to help. It's going to be okay. Well, uh, I'm, I'm... Thank you, Joe. You just uh, point me in the right direction. It's that way. It's <laughs> <laughs> a little too late there, Joe. Up on two wheels. Got to give me some warning. <laughs> Boone, drive drive faster. She's bleeding really Up badly. Up on wheels doing thirty Poorly, poorly made vehicle. And I'm, I'm calling from back. Joe, try, try, make sure you're going as fast as you can. She's She's really bleeding and there's blood all over and it's on my hands and it's getting in the car. Oh my goodness, and... Kali, calm down. It's going to be, she's going to be okay. The doctor will help her. Boone, are you, are you, can we go faster? Cause this thing go faster. Uh, if you get out and push, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get out and push. I got my hand in the wound. No, I was just, I know it's a serious situation. I'm just trying a little levity. <laughs> so as you, as you swing in, it's, it, if you look at the building, um, remember there's all the, uh, she keeps like 15 to 20 dogs and kennels behind this. So if you can imagine um, the front of this building almost looks like a barn in that there's one, there's one obvious uh, first story and then uh, a smaller segment on the top, um, which would, you know, probably be her housing. Um, you could just assume as you look at this and then the bottom would be for, um, the medical facilities um but as you as you pull in um you're kind of you know you're making a, a mess the the lights are going everywhere and immediately you start to hear dogs barking tons of dogs barking um and howling um and pretty soon um after you pull into the drive uh you see a light go on in an upstairs window 
I'll uh, beep the horn. Yeah. In a way that indicates, you know, burr, 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 burr. <laughs> Not, is that is that Morse code? Yes. But I'll just okay. hop out and run for the front door. Okay. And knock or doorbell or whatever there is. Yeah. So I mean, you're you're essentially probably banging on the door. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I don't know if she has the um, uh, what was it? Visitor awareness. Oh God. Um, Visitor yeah. notification system. Yeah. Yeah. It's something, something like that. I, I don't think she has one of those installed. Um, but you, as you're banging on the door, Joe, you see lights um, coming towards you at, with a figure as they're kind of moving through and turning things on. I'll get out and uh, help Franny. Are, are you still able to walk, Franny? Or? I, I think so. I, I can at least try. Okay, I'll help you. We'll do the same thing. One arm around you, your arm over. And- yep. And it's when you, you along. is there an exit wound or is there just an entrance wound? I was going to ask that too. Yeah, uh, there's an exit wound. Okay. All right. So when I see that, I'm going to put both hands like, so I had my hand sort of pressing on one side. I'm going to put my hand on the other side now because okay. I don't want you to bleed from either. And so I'm sort of compressing as best I can. Right. Uh, Joe, uh, the door kind of swings open and um, a, a very uh, uh, obviously sleepy Dr. Gardner um, is there with kind of um, a robe pulled tight and uh, she looks at you and she just says, I, this, this would be an emergency, I hi. assume. Dr. Gardner, hi. Yes. Yes, it is. My friend has been <clears throat> shot. Come and- on in. Come on in. Boone, Cully. All righty. Music. Yeah. Movement. And she. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, Immediately, she sizes all of you up, right? She's looking. She's looking at the four of you, and she quickly goes. Was it the chicken man? (laughs) (laughs) No, it's not not a joke. She's serious. The chicken man was there, but no, it was an intruder. Did he do this? No, intruders broke into the house. He was was defending it like the rest of us. They had guns. (laughs) No, it was the... It was the one-armed chicken man. So it, it actually was the chicken man, but Franny's not say, going Franny's to say that answer. right now. Okay. <laughs> Just are because you... she doesn't feel that it, this is the time to, to try to explain something that nuanced. <clears throat> did he follow you? Follow? What do you... The chicken man, oh, did he follow man. you? For all we know, we uh, don't know. We don't know. Yeah. Can we get can we get her inside? She's really bleeding, Doctor. We'll answer all your questions afterwards, I promise. But we need to get her st- st- stitched up, or I don't know what you do. I don't know what happened. I Cully and I were in the other room and we just heard the shot. And we didn't hear one shot. Really we horrible. heard a lot of shots. We did. We heard well, we heard shots, and I don't know what happened. I, I'm afraid okay. she's gonna die. Yeah, there, there were intruders. She looks at you. She looks at you, Boone, because obviously you're probably the only one capable or old enough to be driving. And she says, um, uh, "You three come with me. You take your car around the back, um, and and mm. and meet us 
I'll, I'll tend to your friend. Okay, ma'am. Wow, she knows her shit. That's impressive. <laughs> uh, um, I, I do what she asked. Uh, oh, uh, should should we call the police? Do you have a telephone? Um, I, I don't. I don't think we should do that right now, Boone. What yeah. if the people that did this are working with the police, Boone? Boone, jeez, uh, I don't. I don't know. I'm all flustered. Boone, Boone, is that your name? Yes, ma'am. Yes, go move your car. Don't call okay. the police and come I'm on back it. in. Hmm. Okay. Um, and so, uh, about that time, um, a uh, a younger woman comes down the stairs, and um, she says to her, um, Ellen, uh, go get those dogs quiet, and then uh, meet me back. I'm gonna need some help. And so she escorts you to, um, she doesn't, she certainly doesn't have like an operating room, but she kind of has a sterile procedure center. We'll call it that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, let's see what her assessment is. Wow. You're one lucky Franny. <laughs> All right. Um uh, so she lays you down and uh, she gives you a shot. She says this will... Unless she says otherwise really quickly, I'm not letting go of the pressure until she tells me to. And I'm just holding this for sort of dear life. And she's assessing that as she's as she's going along. Um, and so she's um, she's taking note of that. And so she gives you a little shot, Franny, to kind of numb things down. And uh, she looks at you, Cully, and she says, I'm going to take good care of her. You can let go now. I can let go. She's bleeding. She's going to keep bleeding. If I let go and she keeps bleeding, she might die. Cully, if the doctor says you can let go. You can let go. We have to trust her. She's the one that can help. Franny, can I let go? It's okay, Cully. All right, so I'll take my hands away. Thank you, Cullen. And I'm just going to go right over to Joe and just sort of stand in front of Joe between Joe and the doctor. Okay, so as um, as you take your hands away, she quickly slides some gauze underneath the back of it, and um, and then she takes uh, she takes a small rod and she pushes it through the wound, and um, you see her smile. Um, oh God. Yeah. Um, and she takes it out and uh, she goes, it's clean. Um, she looks at you, Franny, and she goes, you're very lucky. Much, much luckier than the chicken man. And um, she says that, too. Oh, really? When she says that, yeah, I'm turning and looking at Joe and I'm like, how do you know what that? What does that mean? Bellow? And so um, uh, so she 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 treats it and dresses it um puts a lot of pressure on it and does some doctor things to help it stop bleeding you want to jump in here rick that's fine but <laughs> i can leave it at that um it's a it's a pretty um you know based on what she's seeing like it's missed kind of any organs but um it got you through the side it's going to be painful it's mm-hmm. going to take a while to heal you're going to be slow moving um but um she wraps you up and um 
she says, I think we can just, uh, we can, we can start some antibiotics and I think that, uh, you'll be okay here. What, what was that instrument you, you put into the wound? Oh, and she says, um, oh, it was just a check. Um, honey, you sleep now. And she gives you another shot and, um, <laughs> lets you go to sleep. All right. Very interesting. Okay. Uh, Rutherford, we can, um, uh, well, Boone, we should talk to you for a second. So you, you move the car around the back. The dogs are going crazy, um, as you, as you pull the car around and, uh, you do see the silhouette of a figure moving back, calming them. And as you get out of the car, uh, you hear, um, a woman's voice talking to the dogs and as she does, she's calling each one of them by name. It's pretty amazing, right? There's like 20 of them out there. Um, and uh, she's handing them something um, you would probably assume is a treat or something. And as she does, uh, they seem to calm down and it gets quieter as you kind of move back along the side of the building. Um, though if you get too close to the fencing, um, you know, they do lunge and bark at you. Uh, no, I'll just stay put unless I'm, you know, oh, okay. someone You're tells me the car. Okay. otherwise. Yeah, I can't be of any help in there. Okay. All right. Hmm. Um, so, and you said she put Franny to sleep, right? So we, we, we see Franny sort of go down. Yeah. Okay. So I would say, Joe, let's go find Boone and maybe we can get some rest. Okay. Is the doctor still in the room? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. She's doing things like taking Franny's pulse. She's like opened her eyes and like she's kind of doing like a calmer, more thorough examination of Franny um, th than trying to treat the wound. There was a flushing. Do y'all want to hear about the flushing of the wound? Sure. Yeah. No, I yeah. Don't just mind. to watch Scott's face. Tell me, tell me, tell me. As she, as she takes the, she's got like this, this pressurized kind of seltzer bottle and she, she flushes the wound by like, um, like a clown. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but the, it pressurizes and it just forces all the little like niblets of flesh and stuff that had gotten stuck in the wound, just pushes them right out. Um, so they kind of flow across the table and uh, off onto the floor. Does she put one of the like big red chunks on her nose and make like a honking sound? Oh, did I tell y'all Bellow's new uh, character? I mean, Rick's new character is a clown. Oh, God. <laughs> yep, that's when I bow out of this campaign. <laughs> okay. So, Dr. Gardner, is there a place we could clean up? Cully's real bloody. Um, sure. Do you want to tell me what happened, though? The I don't know. I wasn't in the room. We heard the gunshots and I was hiding behind the couch and I, I was screaming, but I don't, I don't know. But Miss Franny here, she was shot when we found we her. Never, we never saw anyone. We said we were heard gunshots and then more gunshots and then yelling. And it wasn't just Joe's yelling. There were other people yelling too. And then we saw Boone. He came in and Boone saved us. We got to go check on him. I want to make sure Boone's okay. What about the chicken, man? 
we never saw him. You keep bringing up Bello, but we don't know what happened to him. We never heard what happened or what was going on with Bello, but he never did anything bad to us. He was trying to help us. He was. He seemed, he seemed like he wanted to help. He was nice to me. So who shot this woman? We don't well, know. I don't know. Also, I wasn't there. Maybe Boone knows. I don't know. Maybe Boone knows. Let's get. Can we go get Boone and bring him in to see you? Colin, you gotta in- wash yourself. You're covered in blood. <laughs> and I look down, and then I'm like, I get a little woozy, and I'm like, I gotta go to bed. <laughs> I'm so tired. Let me go wash up, and Says- then we'll talk to Boone. All right. And so Ellen comes in about that time and she says, um, Ellen, uh, take these two upstairs, get them some clothes and let them wash off. And uh, I'll stay here. Uh, what's your friend's name? Boone. It's Franny. Oh, which the one friend? on the table? Oh, Franny. Franny. Uh, so we had met before. Uh, and uh, she would probably in remember. Theater, you yeah. assisted her. And I did yeah, ask, she... I asked her about. Um, Somehow the subject of Rumsford. Harold came up. She yeah, knows, the Rumsford stuff. She knows and was interested and wanted to talk to you more and invited you to. Right. Yeah. All and that. She says, now I remember. This was Randy your friend. Rumsford. Yes. Yes. Now I remember. You kids go upstairs. You're going to be okay. Your friend's going to be okay. Maybe she knows what happened. I just, it was horrible. But I, I think it was in my head. I mean, I saw I saw things. It. Let's go upstairs. Yeah. It's, when you start saying that, I'm just like, like, shh, shh, like I'm sort of doing this, like, shh. and I'm like, come on, let's just go upstairs. We don't. Have, and it's is sort of whispery as I possibly can. And I don't know if this is whispery. I'm gonna just hopefully say to you, Joe, we don't have to tell her everything. She's just. She's asking so many questions and I don't know what's going on. We don't have to tell her everything. We're going to go get washed up. Thanks for that offer. And just start heading out the door. Like, don't even know where we're going, but just start going as much as quickly as we can. So are you going to go with Ellen or are you going outside to try and find Boone? Uh, If she's, I think I want to go get Boone. I want to check on Boone. Like, and I'll say, Joe, I promise I'll wash up as soon as I can. I just, I have to make sure Boone's okay. 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 We got to stick together. Let's go. Let's go. Okay. All right. So y'all run out the front door and um, Boone, you'll probably see them in a second. And um, before we cut back to Rutherford, I think it's probably a good point. We'll just take a little break right here. Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, Everybody take a few minutes and we will see you on the other side. We are back from break. Michael, it is back to you, sir. All right, and I think when we had left off, Rutherford uh, was returning upstairs with a camera, uh, going to get this this this, this special spy camera that uh, Richard has, and he had figured out how to how to use it. If I'm not mistaken, it was a he did a roll on that earlier. I remember the the mechanics weren't a problem. The problem might have been though when uh, make a luck roll. Okay, I was going to say film and other such. Luck roll is a a success. 
Well, that's okay. Grade eight is it is or isn't okay. Okay, because I was going to say the only problem was when you had Cully kind of go through everything and remember there was that scene where he was like pulling all the photographic paper out <laughs> oh, and stuff in the yeah, light. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we'll say that. Um, uh, maybe the, you had noticed kind of like uh, the, there was one box that Cully hadn't opened that had the film in it, um, kind of in the corner of the room. Mm -hmm. um and that you got it out we won't we don't have to go through that whole process but that's where it came from um so you got a sheet of you got a sheet of film into the camera remember it's a one exposure kind of gig yeah and um and then you're taking it back upstairs yep and go, going upstairs past uh, but bellows perforated the body and uh over the pocket chicken that's strewn across the floor and it's greaseless, so I won't slip on, on it. So that's good. And we get, get to the, the, the bodies, and the body of the man with the scarred face is the mo most important. And so he wants to get a good uh, death mask image of the man with the scarred face. So he gets him into a position where he can click that button and get a nice photograph. Okay. And then the uh, other, then he looks, uh, goes to the other body and does the same thing with that body. If there's enough film, he wants to get it. And what, and what and who and what is it? Is it a male, female? What what, what is it? Anything? Yeah. Um, so I mean, you'd have to uh, just to put it in perspective, right? You'd have to go down. Like we don't have to role play it, but just the idea of it. Like you'd have to go downstairs, put the film out of the camera somewhere safe put a new sheet in, go back. Uh, right so it's one at a time. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So it's that different. Well, before, before doing that, we'd look at the other body and just make sure the other body is, uh, before not, not taking a picture. Is, is it, is there anything of interest of this other body? Uh, make a spot hidden roll. Ooh, that is a, uh, hard success. Okay. And, uh, what you would find then, uh, if you're kind of like looking through the coat or anything like that for identification, um, you would notice that, uh, interestingly enough, there is nothing um, that uh, purposely like everything uh, had been removed. Um, however, as you look down on... Um, uh, his shirt came untucked. Um, they were dressed in suits, both of them. Um, and as you look where his shirt came untucked on his abdomen, uh, there's a four digit number that's been tattooed, uh, nine, six, four, three. And, um, being, being the egghead that he is, um, he remembers that number nine, six, four, three, which hopefully Emily's writing down <laughs> um, for all of our is. sakes. Yeah. Yep. And uh, so that that is noted in his head. But oh, the other thing he's also trying. It's not large, by the way. It's, you know, it's pretty small. small. Yeah. He's trying to suss out. And because this is this is his area of, I guess you can call it paranoia, but interest. Are these particular characters related to the government? Is there anything of government issue on them? Um. the pistols that you took off of them. Mm. Um, so there's nothing directly linking them to the government. Uh, however, the firearms um, and, and this, 
Uh, you might need to make an intel. Well, you you made the hard spot hidden, so we'll leave it at that. Uh, the firearms that they're carrying, uh, what you notice about them is that they are not sort of a quote unquote civilian issue firearm. Um, that they're a very modern kind of state of the art. And well, there is uh, a war going on. So I was going to say with the war going on, a lot of the weaponry out there um, would be known some of it and then some of it not if it's, you know, new development. And maybe that's what strikes you is that the particular style and modeling of these firearms uh, is such that uh, it sticks out to you as not being known. And that to you uh, would be a clue that uh, potentially these are working for the government or for the army in some regard. Okay. Um, and then uh, uh, Rutherford would then quickly, uh, as quickly as he can with his one eye, and go over to the scarred man's face and try to find anything on that figure on their body, look in the same place to see if there's four numbers, now that there seems to be a pattern, and try to suss something out. The scarred man is the one of absolute intrigue in that face, and anything else that might be a, a, of a curiosity about him shoes socks anything yeah the um the scarred man has a number tattooed on his abdomen as well it's seven one three eight and um the as you're looking through all of those things uh one thing that you do notice is that um he's uh carrying a flashlight in his pocket a smaller flashlight, um, but it's shining a different kind of like the color of light is a purplish hue. It's not uh, kind of the normal hue of a flashlight. So using um, perhaps a, a sciency role, um, uh, he more intelligence, I suppose, with his science egghead background of nuclear science and chemistry, why would that light be purple? Uh, certainly, in your mind, it's to be able to identify something, uh, that it would be used to illuminate something that would respond to that frequency. or To that, per okay. Ah, that's like great. a black light. Yep. Okay. So that, that flashlight's important along with the f firearms and um, he, he Rutherford would quickly grab um, a bag or anything he could quickly toss those into um, anything of interest if there were papers but there doesn't seem to be, be any on these characters and uh, any hats there are car keys there you go car keys for, for sure and do they have hats or any clothing or anything like that that is curious or different that's not soaked in blood yeah I guess we don't want things too soaked in blood um uh so at this point uh rutherford has gone through this and uh, uh, richard's body sadly is is there and everything of note has been uh taken care of and unfortunately but bellows bellows perforated body is still there probably at this point two flies are starting to buzz on richard's body i mean you know it's it's been a, to... yeah it's been a while he might be bloating a little bit in the warmth yeah. um so he the, out of courtesy he goes over to richard's body and he pulls a a, a blanket or anything that's nearby up over it okay. and 
um, puts his hand on on his on his chest, which was unfortunately opened up, and uh, quietly. And Rutherford is not a spiritual man, man of science, but just uh, bids his friend farewell and has always had this thing when they used to say goodbye to each other after having, you know, been visiting at university or one of them was going off. They would always say, uh, see you, see you later. And the other one would respond, not a lot later. And so he okay. says, see you later. And then leaves it at that and then quietly mutters to himself not a lot late hmm. and then leaves the room and um then is curious about where the uh, others have gone and right so as you as you walk into the kitchen there's a mess in there as well right um there's a, a puddle of blood over by the foot of the stairs uh there's a drawer uh across the floor with knives that have fallen out um there's there seem to be like bloody handprints all over the countertops and going through the door. Uh, what else are we missing? Probably, I think that's most everything. Um, okay. Um, and there's a there's an odd looking out the the window or the door into the driveway. Is there an odd car there? Yes, there is. Okay. And then uh, so he he would notice note that car, but Rutherford thinks to himself where where would his uh compatriots have gone and he tries to suss that out in his head um and then he starts thinking and i'm wondering you know would he be able to put the pieces together that if they were hurt they would go to a local medical facility and he starts thinking that way uh that perhaps with all this blood and all the shooting and he did hear other people yelling he now surmises that one of them was perhaps terribly wounded and is off to off to a medical facility. So he's going to go out and see if these keys work in that car. Okay. Um, as you, as you go out uh, into the driveway, you see somebody bicycle up and they throw something at you. And uh, <laughs> the newspaper lands about 10 feet oh. from you. <laughs> and at this oh, point wait. Rutherford has to take the debate and lift up the newspaper unfurl it so we can hear the headlines of the day all right I, i'm and just glad Rutherford on, didn't shoot the person that threw something at him <laughs> i don't know if i have the i knew you sent it to me i can't find it oh here i can drop it let me i can drop it right in the chat again okay let's see let's see how quickly i can do this uh, we are trying to get the image so that I can put it up on the YouTube version of this. What's the name of the newspaper? Oh, it is the Los Alamos lead. Lead, L-E-A-D. It is. And hang on, I just only sent it to Bello. Dropping it again. There we go. Okay, let's see if I can. All right. And I will read the headlines to you. Uh, there's a photo, a uh, gravelly photo of a city skyline uh, obscured behind it by clouds of smoke. Yeah. <laughs> it says catastrophic explosion at labs, 14 dead under the photo. <gasps> and... <laughs> oh, my and... wow. <laughs> 
Oops, Joe. Uh, it makes makes a throat punch seem pretty innocuous, oh, huh? No. <laughs> <laughs> wow. The wow. the first headline says Big Booms in Los Alamos by Quinn Lang. Concerns about the extent of military security were validated yesterday as explosions rocked the southeast corner of the facility, shaking areas of our bustling community. The blast, which could be seen from around the city, affected undisclosed offices near the dining facility. <laughs> Crews were seen working through the night to extinguish the fire. A perimeter was immediately set up around, accompanied by squads of armed military members. Though this site isn't new, the tone definitely was. Names of those killed in the disaster have not been released. We know at least four were firefighters and three scientists working below the incident. Emily's face Emily is might need a sanity roll. <laughs> Emily or well, Joe? <laughs> a- a- Emily? <laughs> but Joe, fortunately, hasn't read this. Only Joe Rutherford. No. The cause was initially released as mishandled building materials. However, that has been updated to include arson and even sabotage. It's a reminder to stay vigilant at these times. If you see <laughs> suspicious activity, notify law enforcement immediately. No in, connection, in connection with this event, authorities are seeking three individuals for questioning. Oh, shit. The first is a male who is believed to assaulted one of the dining administrators. He's average height and build with an injured left arm. No double jeopardy. I'm already dead. (laughs) He is possibly the owner of Bellow Poultry Farms and may have sustained significant injuries during the stampede that followed the explosion. The other two people, an older male and younger female, were seen leaving the scene in a large metal vehicle that seemed to resemble a chicken and may also be working for the Poulet Chicken Company. It may be this reporter's opinion, but the lack of information here points to the need for greater record keeping at the gates of these facilities. And then the second headline of note is a spy out cold. Sources have indicated that government officials have eliminated a foreign actor operating in our midst. Authorities have been tracking him for several months and say the threat was neutralized last night. It's a further reminder our community can be a focal point for those with nefarious goals. Stay vigilant, Los Alamos. Oh, oh those bastards killed Richard. Hmm. Wow. wow. That was great. Emily, you all right? Just writing. <laughs> when you write it, just downplay it a bit. Reduce the number to three or something. Oh, God. It's a good reminder for Rick that there's worse things than dying. Sometimes being alive in this campaign is just way more painful. That's great. Emily's going to return. 14 people were seriously aggravated. (laughs) (laughs) Rutherford's never going to show Joe that newspaper. Never. 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 I should have I should have added that uh, the canine uh, training facilities were housed right next to the explosion that might have done it for real. oh my god gardener probably gets a paper mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. now rutherford his every all his conclusions would be uh you know the the very that last story you know just says everything's true about the government you know they obviously killed richard and this makes it all more of the relevant 
to be sh shutting down the, the, the horrible system that's happening in this facility. And they're nefarious ends. And so he, he throws the newspaper into the front passenger seat of the car and uh, hops on in and, and puts the, see if the keys are correct for it. And how many keys are there? Is it just the car key or are there other keys? Oh, good question. Uh, make a luck roll on that. Um, got it. A pretty high roll, but just got it. Okay. There's one key that definitely fits the car and then another key. Is the other key like a small key that would be for a cabinet or does it look like a normal large key? It looks like a, um, it, you know what? You're right. It looks like the key, a smallish key that would probably fit some sort of cabinet or footlocker or something like that. Okay. That's important. And so he knows that that's going to be incredibly important and separates it from the other key and puts it into, uh, puts it into the bag with the, uh, uh, well, no, actually, I think you want to keep that on and puts it in, in, a, in a pocket in his, okay. in, in his pants and a little pocket that he has with a button that you button it down on his wool pants and uh, would try to fire up this car. So as you start it, you notice that this car, uh, you're not you're not like a any kind of a car nut, but uh, mm -hmm. as you turn this one on, it definitely runs very smooth and accelerates a little more than any car you've ever been in and just generally drives a bit more advanced. Okay, because his uh, mechanical repairability is seventy, so he's really good. Oh, yeah. Then you would you would notice that this this car was substantially different than kind of a factory grade so, version. So he starts it up, and he in his curiosity um, catches the better of him, and he steps out of the car for a second and wants to lift the hood and use the purple light that he has to take a peek at the engine because he's just. Unfortunately, you know, Rutherford is an egghead and he's just completely sucked in and everything else is gone. Except his target fixation is kicked into like, what is this engine? Why is it so amazing? And what's going on? And just wants to take a look and see what it looks like. Okay. So uh, in terms of the light, um, the light's just a kind of purplish hue that's shining on the engine itself. Mm -hmm. um, not, not revealing anything except an engine in this purplish hue. Um, nothing really stands out except uh, uh, that uh, as you as you kind of watch the pistons moving and things like that, um, th there's a very smooth kind of feel to them. Um, and, and there just seems to be the engines quite large mm -hmm. and um, seems to have the potential for the power. So he, does he get a sense like this is the type of engine which they did that back then? A lot of a lot of engines were thrown into airplanes. And some of the mechanics from the airplanes then could be translated back to a, a vehicle. That's, you know, Spitfires had things like that and such like that too. So uh, a little bit of that perhaps is going through his head. He's yeah. Like, some of the advancements in the airplanes, which are streak, streaking ahead of everything else, perhaps has been utilized in this engine. And he's kind you, of fascinated so you, by that. Right. So you would you would almost call this in that sense a military grade engine in your estimation. So he's certain put that together. And then he also gets the sense that if you needed to, this vehicle probably can go an awful lot faster than any other standard vehicle out there. Yes. 
Perhaps even faster than a doodle bug. Perhaps even Nothing faster, is than, a faster than a doodle bug. <laughs> okay. Um, and then his other well, curiosity is uh, he take he he takes uh, he takes the butt of the gun that he has that was Richard's and he whacks a closed window with it, the glass, because he's curious. Uh, one one window, the passenger side window is uh, broken. So that's why. Well, he's kind of curious if he sees it broken. He said this this vehicle should have bulletproof glass is in his mind, it's odd that it wouldn't be. So he kind of taps the glass and listens to see if it is of a sturdy nature and why there's a window broken. It doesn't make sense this fancy vehicle wouldn't have that. But I don't, did we Did we I, have- I broke the, it with a tire iron. Yeah. I don't know that we have the plastics and polymers to be a uh, crazy- no, there's, there's no safety glass, that's for sure. Yeah, I, I don't think so. I, okay. I think that, so you whack another window, it's no, no, he, he just he just he just taps it. Doesn't try to break it. Just taps it. Oh, doesn't it. tap it. No, yeah. I, I mean it doesn't. It's certainly sturdier, right? It's you give it a good wrap and mm-hmm. it doesn't like shatter or crack, um, and it seems sturdier. Okay, uh, but definitely, yeah, there's shattered glass all in the passenger seat. And then and then something comes to him, and he thinks he looks on the dashboard for other instruments uh, that are maybe of oddities, the RPMs to see how far the RPMs might go off if it does read RPMs, because he's curious about that. And then uh, the glove box, indeed. He needs to see if there's a glove box and perhaps that's locked and maybe that's the key. I don't know. Um, Yeah, and uh, you do reach down and the glove box is locked. Okay, and then takes out the small key and see if that's a key that fits in there. Okay, and it does. Ah, and uh, gives it a, a, a little a little click by still being vigilant around him. He looks around. It's nighttime, listening, and and clicks open the glove box um, and opens it slowly. Um, it's dark in there, so I would assume I don't know if a, it's fancy enough for a light to go on inside a glove box in a vehicle of this age. And he has the small purple flashlight, which he's using like a camping light, and he takes a, a little peek into the glove box. Okay, and then we'll cut over to the doctor's office. Ooh. So you All right, guys, you guys are going out to talk to Boone, right? Yes. Yeah. So, okay, we'll head outside, and uh, uh, as soon as we get outside, I, if the dogs are calm, I'm going to sort of whisper, yell, if that makes sense, and I'm going to go, Boone, Boone, where are you? I'm, uh, I'm right over here by the mm-hmm. car. All right, so uh, Joe, let's go over and talk to him for a second. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we'll head on over, and you've heard it all, but we'll just we'll explain. Like, she she you know treated, and she put some metal thing in, and said that she was going to be okay. And oh yeah, that uh, I can tell you that from Obo Medicine. You uh, you follow the path of the the bullet. She was just following the path of the bullet to make sure it was through and through. Mm. Man, well then why so wouldn't she tell us what it was for yeah who knows she seemed a, a little grown up she's a little cranky to me when i saw her there's nothing worse than a grown-up yeah you got that right <laughs> but <laughs> well, uh, hey hey kids uh we need to get you somewhere uh is this even the voice that i use it is yeah, okay. it. yeah. <laughs> we need to get you kids somewhere uh, safe to sleep tonight. We can't go back to Mr. Richard's place. 
No, she offered for us to sleep upstairs. She offered us a room, but she wants to talk to you to find out what happened with Franny. And she asked us to bring you back in. Maybe I don't know, but I just okay. What did what did you what did you tell her or not tell her to make sure I don't know? We didn't know. We were in the living room and we didn't see what happened. We just heard the gunshots and we were hiding. And I didn't see much. I just peeked in uh, Richard's bedroom window. And I saw uh, two men in there. Uh, one was dead, that's for sure. And the other one was like on the floor, but he was still moving. Men, like different uh, people, other people. Yeah, they were dressed in. Uh, I remember we were me and Rutherford were telling you about that uh, the guys that grabbed Richard and threw him in the back of the car that night. Yeah, they were dressed like them, all in uh, dark suits. So, uh, Could have been the same guys. I, I mean, oh. I saw the picture, so I would know about the scar, right? Yeah. So um, did one of them have a big scar on his face? Oh, I was I was too far away. I could see their their bodies, but I couldn't tell you what their faces okay. looked like. But anyway, should I I probably shouldn't tell her about that, right? I I already told her that intruders came in. Should I just because we don't know whether she's in cahoots with them or it's really confusing. And I don't know. It's and she keeps asking us about the chicken man. The she chicken did. Man. She asked what? a lot about the chicken man. I, I mean, she means Bello, you know? Yeah, she just I know she just met him. Did she even meet him? He was sitting well, on the she, bench with his. Oh, that's right. He had his. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He had his arm. She broken. worked on him before. Oh, but, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know. She said weird stuff like she wanted to know immediately if the chicken man shot Granny. Huh? Why, why would, would he Bello shoot sh- anyone? Why would well, Bella was a strange fella. He just, I mean, he was eccentric. I know a lot of eccentric people. They don't necessarily go around causing criminal mischief. <laughs> Do you all know he's said, even dead? No. Uh, well, no. I let me see. I came in and I immediately saw the two kids. We scuttled out and then saw Franny. On the I way mean, out, yeah. and went and got the Franny. So. Got it. Yeah, and so we. I don't. Yeah, you, I don't think you don't know, know that Bellows dead. But yeah, we don't know what happened to Rutherford either. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we. Oh gosh, I don't know what. Well, to do. Are we even safe? Like, if those men came to Richards, do they know that? Do they know we were there? Do they know we were with him? Well, those men are, they are gonna. Those men, at least the two I saw, are dead or dying. One of them was moving, but he didn't—he didn't look too good. But I—I I take your point. Maybe you know, if they're trying to track us all down, maybe they would, uh, you know, think we might head to a, a doctor. Maybe we're not safe here. We can't leave Franny here. We can't leave Franny. And oh, that's true. I ha- and I'm going to turn to you, Joe, and say, Joe, I have. I have to rest or something. I'm, I'm just exhausted. You could stay at my room at the store. I mean, if well, you go in the back. She offered for us to stay upstairs. I, I don't want to leave Franny until I know Franny's okay. So, if you guys, you guys can do what you want. I'm gonna go just close my eyes just for a couple minutes. And I'm gonna, you know, with that, I'm gonna just sort of say, I'm gonna say to you guys, take care of each other. And I'm just going to walk back to the house and 
start heading to see if I can find a way upstairs to close my eyes. Okay. Well, I'm not going to let you go alone, so I'm just going to run after you. I'm going to go back in because, you know, she wanted to to talk to someone who saw more than the, the kids did. Okay. I also want to check on Franny. Okay. Um, so as y'all, um, as y'all head in, uh, you see uh, Dr. Gardner. Uh, she's sitting in a chair beside the bed. Uh, kind of keeping a close watch on uh, Franny and um, and she's actually reading to her out loud. Hmm. Um, and oh, what is she reading? Uh, uh, Alice in Wonderland. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> or I guess that's through the looking glass, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she's reading through the looking glass and uh so she's reading that out loud to franny uh franny's starting to come too as y'all as y'all come in and um you see her stirring and uh you know uh dr gardner looking up at the three of you as you come in and saying oh uh wonderful uh your 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 friend is coming too at the moment and I was just reading to keep her company for a few minutes while y'all were gathering your thoughts. Very nice. Very nice. You very considerate. And as y'all are standing there talking to her, there's a pounding on the front door. You, you kind of briefly, as you hear the pounding, it comes into your brain that there were, you saw the flash of lights as they kind of, or the, the movement of lights as something pulled into the driveway and Dr. Gardner looks up at y'all very wide-eyed and quickly jumps up and she says, back room. Now, you, you, and you, go. Okay, and- I'm going to okay. quickly go over to Franny and say, Franny, do you have a gun on you? If so, you shouldn't. This might be the cops. I, 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 don't, I, I don't think I have a gun, Boone. Okay, I just I couldn't remember who had one. Okay, I'll off I go. Um, and so uh, she looks at you, Franny, and she says, I'm sorry, I have to do this. And she takes the pillowcase from the top oh, no. and just lays it over your face so you can't see anything. Oh, I thought okay. you were gonna say pillow, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's just hiding your face, yeah. Uh, and uh, and then she bustles to the front door and says, uh, Who's there? Hi, Miss Gardner. This is uh, Sam. Uh, this is uh, Sam Wagoneer. I don't know if uh, you're aware, uh, but uh, there's been some commotion here in town, and I, I, I need to talk with you right away. Uh, Mr. Wagoneer, is this a, a, an emergency? It is. It is damn right an emergency. Or, uh... I have a patient here who's in need of uh, intensive medical care at the moment. Yeah, well, I, I got I got a son here who's uh, who's uh, who's all torn asunder. I need I need I need to speak with you right right away. Oh, oh, oh no! And she opens the door for you. Uh, yeah, and I and I and I and I and I greet her, tip of the hat, and I say, "Howdy, ma'am. I appreciate your kindness here at this early hour." 
but uh, I have to tell you, uh, there is some uh, tomfoolery going around here in town, and I, I'm just not I'm not having it. And uh, have you have you heard of any sort of uh, chicken purveyors here in town? Uh, somebody called my goddamn son. <laughs> Told him. Why are you coming to the doctor? Told him that we weren't going to have any no more income. He's going to rob us of uh, our provisions to the base. Uh, and I've had the, I got to tell you something. Uh, little Amos has been weeping something fierce. Oh. <laughs> and she, good. She, good. she looks at you and, um, uh, Bedside manner is not uh, Dr. Gardner's forte. And she just kind of looks at you and says, oh, I, I'm sorry. And you're probably wondering to yourself, maybe out loud, why the hell is Sam knocking at my door here at five in the morning? And I can tell you exactly why. It's because I went down there to talk to those MPs. And uh, I saw this morning paper and I put two and two together and said, this, this uh, imbecile troublemaker uh, uh, is probably injured after the commotion there at the base, and he may be looking to find himself some medical attention. So I figured uh, you're the brightest game here in town. And uh, well, have you seen him? Is he back there as he's looking around her shoulders? Okay, so um, uh, (laughs) Boone, Joe, and Cully, you can hear this from the back, right? Sounds like bellow to me, so I'm going to <laughs> right? Uh, Doesn't no, it? Uh, howdy, ma'am. I'm trying to go with a little more of a Houston accent. God damn it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I can't wait to play Rick, this segment of the episode for so Ian so he funny. can critique your I'm gonna record him critiquing your southern accents. Go right. Ma'am, for it. I don't I don't do this. Don't do this. You should this. do your Arnold Schwarzenegger instead. <laughs> Miss Gardner, what are we doing here? I just want to show you. That's perfect. Oh. I remember that one. And it's time to end season two and move to the 1600s. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'll be back. So not good. All right. So uh, she kind of, uh, she's looking at you and she says, well, I'm really trying to help my patient over here. Why don't you have a seat? Um, I haven't seen any chicken people since last night. And last I, night, you 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 ran into him. Was his was his name? And I pull out the paper and I go, uh, uh, Bello. Uh, is that his name? Uh, I I didn't catch his name, but he was dressed in a chicken suit. It was pretty what? awkward and the theater smelled awful but uh regardless that sounds like the imbecile gotta tell you what now you seem quite worked up why don't you have a seat and take a load off i i, I need to tend to my patient over here and um i'll be i'll be right with you mr wagoneer were, were they injured at the at the plant maybe they know something uh, who's back there uh she's uh currently unconscious mr wagoneer uh she didn't say anyone was back there what's that she didn't say anyone was back there oh you're talking about the person on the table yeah yeah yeah. oh Uh, okay 
she sustained uh, a serious injury, not at not at the plant. I, I couldn't talk to you about this, Mr. Wagoneer, but uh, no, that's, say- that's 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 a confidentiality. I, I hear you. But you should ask her uh, if she was injured or got into a scuffle with this chicken man. Well, well, we may have ourselves united front against this uh, goddamn imbecile. And she says, you you have a seat and she points you to a chair and she goes, I'll I'll be back up in a minute, uh, Mr. Wagoneer. Yeah. All right. All right. And, and I, he's just like looking around. He's looking at the windows uh, and he's just sitting there. His legs going a mile a minute. And he's very clearly armed for what it's worth. Oh, OK. Uh, so she gets back to you, Franny, and um, uh, she pulls a curtain across and she pulls your your uh the the sheet that she put over your face and she pulls that up and she winks at you and she goes just an unhappy customer you're okay um and she goes he's he's looking for the chicken man um i don't suppose uh you want to have anything you want to say to him uh, no no certainly not uh, I, I i'm not quite feeling up to uh, to having that t- sort of a conversation right now who who is that man uh, he's a local rancher, uh, upstanding fellow, though a little hot-headed. But uh, you know, uh, uh, nobody of concern. You're you're safe. Uh, and why would he around. be looking for for Mister Poulet? That seems very strange. Uh, he he seemed quite upset, and I'm not sure why. This is all all very strange. Um. And she waves Joe, Cully, and Boone. She waves you back up. Um, and uh, she she looks at you and she goes, uh, he's a little hot-headed, but you're okay. Nobody to worry about here. Ooh. Uh, a local farmer, he's he's looking for your um Yeah, your you said we man. heard the whole thing. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Hmm. He's looking for Bellow. Yeah, he he yeah, that's what I that's what I mean. That's the only chicken man I know in town. Where is Bellow? I don't know. He gets in more trouble than anyone I ever met. <laughs> and 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 you know Joe. <laughs> right? Come on now. That's saying something. <laughs> so when do you think Franny will be able to? move to walk to leave well in the interest of moving the game forward (laughs) uh, (laughs) certainly by next playing session yeah uh we'll get to sleep uh, in a a few more days yeah we might uh we we might actually we might do that fast track it a couple days so that uh franny can reasonably recover and then go from there yeah, I mean, Rutherford's going to catch up with us, right? So that would sort of let us all come back together in the same space. And Sure. Well, I mean, it doesn't, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or we can do the thing that we did with Boone where Rutherford does some things and we do y'all a few days in advance and then time merges. Mm-hmm. That sounds great. In a couple of weeks. So we can mm-hmm. figure that part out. Okay. Um does uh does anybody want to talk to this rancher out there about your friend? What did you say his name was? Bellow. 
Yeah. Bello? Bello? Sure, I wouldn't mind well, asking him what Bello did. Well, do we want to... Oh, jeez. <laughs> we don't want to get Bello in trouble. He, he, and I, know, I gotta look at you. Bello, actually, Bello, we don't know if uh, Bello and uh, Rutherford are uh, injured. Well, well, you kids get some. The house. Yeah, you kids get some sleep. You need. Some I mean, sleep. that's why I wanted to go back and check on them. Yeah, we need to go back to the house. But and, uh... you dragged me out. Well, we can't. We we can't. Go well, back I into didn't a know house when there's gunshots being fired, Joe. Yeah, I don't want you kids to go. I can go snoop around. Uh, go in, see uh, see if they're still there. Um, I can't ooh. talk in that voice anymore. Uh, <laughs> what about? If you go, what if you go and the cops come? Like, I just, I, not that I want to leave them on their own, but I feel like we need to lay low and let's get Franny better. And then hopefully Rutherford's one of the smartest people I've ever met. If he made it out alive, he's going to bring Bello because Bello is not one of the smartest people I've ever met. <laughs> and <laughs> he'll, he'll get them saved. If you go back and the police show up, Maybe Rutherford already has two or three plans ready to go. And all you're going to do is get caught up. You can't know yep. what he's planning. He's too smart for us. Yep. I know. I know. We know. His players are okay. Well, <laughs> I can't do it for all, for all I know. Yeah. I'll take your point taken. Yeah. As, yeah. as the character, though, I would be concerned that they're injured, bleeding out, need help, something. So are you, is your plan to go back to the house? Well, I don't want to muck around unnecessarily. I mean, I, I want to, to see if they're, they need help for still alive. Maybe I could meet up with Rutherford at the house. Okay. Um, so yeah, there's no problem getting you back to, the, I think that's pretty easy to get you back. It's not far the way you went. And yeah, I just want Rutherford's. Yeah, yeah, I just want to sneak around, look in the windows. I mean, if I see the car coming, I don't know how it would work out. Okay. Uh, well, as you're debating this, um, the curtain flies open and uh, you hear Mr. Wagoneer say, Who's talking over here? I hear a couple different voices. What business is it of yours? Well, well, Miss Gardner isn't one to lie, so I needed to make sure she was in no distress uh, and being held captive here uh, uh, with folks here uh, putting her uh, up in airs. So, uh, well, you're, what are you going to do? Scare two children out of their wits? They've been through enough already tonight. He's taking care Why of our friend. You think we kidnapped her? She said there was one patient back here, and I'm here. Yeah, one voices. patient. There is one patient. <laughs> yeah, she didn't say there's a whole gaggle. Well, maybe it's none of your goddamn business. Well, what's it to you? <laughs> <laughs> Bella, or this guy, whatever his name is, is starting off on a really good foot. <laughs> I just, I'm just I don't, I don't, I, I just, I, I, just I don't kidding. want this. I'm just giving you a hazy. And I'd like to go adventuring with you. <laughs> I know. Uh, coming in hot, man. Yep. Let's try and let's try and squeeze this one in. So, yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, so we there's been. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, there's been there's a that. whole mess of trouble tonight, and we're just fed up with it. 
What kind of trouble are you talking about? Uh, you getting you get involved in any any chicken men crasher? Well, I don't know about chicken men, but there was plenty of gunfire. Gunfire? Where 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 at? Here in town? This yeah. Be gunfire on the base? Like the, uh, the no. The, the... In and town. I, and I look over. Is Franny there exposed? Oh. <laughs> What <laughs> kind of question is that's that? Discreet. <laughs> can you watch about exposed? And like you can see her face. <laughs> yes, I meant is the sheet still over her? No, 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 no. <laughs> wow. Can I see? Can I see her wound? It would be the other question. Can you see her wound? <laughs> yeah. No, she's like bandaged and. Uh, she's Do I kiss? see she was like injured with like blood through the you know cotton and all that sort of stuff? There, sure, she... there's blood on the sheets, but uh, you can't see anything. There's a sheet over her with blood on the right hand side, and her face is exposed. All right, and uh, he looks over and he he he'll see a friend and he'll he'll say, "Was that a, was that a gunshot wound?" Uh, uh, why why yes it, it is. Miss Gardner, you you flush this wound. You do not want to get septic uh, gangrene here. Uh, Miss, Mr. Wagoneer, I'm quite uh, uh, astute at my profession. Uh, oh, I you're right. You're you, right. I followed proper sterilization. Did you roll for mansplaining? Or... No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you have an inspiration point, Scott. Use it anyway. Uh, it's pretty freaking great. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Miss God. I'm sorry, Miss God. I know you are brilliant and uh, know far more than I do. Uh, I just uh, uh, it, it, seeing seeing a bullet wound like that sends me back a bit. So uh, it just gets me a little riled up, and with everything else going on here in town, explosions and the like, uh, we'll just see my nerves a little bit on edge. So, uh, Mister Wagoneer, why don't you explain to them why you're so riled up? I got home the full on day out there in the field to my little boy Amos weeping and he is just just weeping up a storm and uh 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 uh, and i asked him what's going on and he just blabbered and blabbered a bicycle he's not gonna get a bicycle i said who said you ain't gonna get a bicycle and you know what he said he said the man on the phone and i said what man you talking about and he said the man who said they don't want any more of our cattle and i said who the hell called and told you that so then i call over to the base can't get through lines busy smoking the sky so I take uh, take the the old beater over there, and what do I find? I see a cacophony of uh, of, of 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 that's not a word he probably would use uh, of 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 commotion, uh, and I end up talking with some of the MPs uh, that I know uh, over there. You see, we bond a little bit, and uh, talk with them a little bit, and uh, they they inform me of, uh, not only of this uh, uh, explosion and fire and conflagration, but that there were possibly spies including this chicken man. And while I get around to talking to a few of the folks over there in the food service, trying to clarify this, and they said this chicken man was by, uh, left a note, uh, almost taunting me. And, uh, well, it's on me to try and set the record straight. You don't call and taunt a poor boy. Tell him he's not going to get a bicycle. My God. They said that Chicken Man was a spy. They said that there that 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 that, that there might be a spy. That there were a few folks there that 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 were aiding and abetting him. And I, I'm just oh. uh, perturbed by all this. And the Chicken Man stole your bicycle. 
No, <laughs> didn't you get to the Alamo? Didn't you listen, boy? I, the, the 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 boy. What did I talk about, boy? So, uh, uh, going, Foghorn Leghorn there you can for say a second. That. Yeah. Um. Uh, uh. No. 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 He didn't take the bicycle. Uh. He told my son he wasn't get a bicycle, which I promised him because we made the lodge he... deal. So the I, chicken I man called up and told you that he wasn't going to get you a bicycle. Not me, my boy. Can you believe that? <laughs> he's just he's just a few years old and and he's answering the phone for pops while he's out tending the field and, and cattle and and, and and telling him ruin his dreams, his hopes for his birthday. My God, I don't know why Bello would have done that. I think there might be more of a Bello Bay. I think there might be more of a privilege issue there. Uh, and a communication issue with between you and your son than than something that someone else did. It seems to be more ma'am, of a familial ma'am, I'm, issue. I'm sorry, I'm, than... I'm sorry, ma'am. I need a, I need I need just a hush there for one moment. Uh, the little whoa, the little girl, the little girl whoa, here, misogynist much? The, the little girl here said something. Uh, you you think... mentioned his name. Do you have, did, did you run? Across uh, his path there, uh, 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 young one. Uh, I also um, think you may have a problem in dealing with women. <laughs> That's <laughs> so going to be a big so problem in this. Sam, uh, we have two women in our. Just to be clear, little... is Sam talking aggressively to Joe? Are you? Um, yeah. <laughs> is he so? Talking? I'm not rolling intimidation. I'm so just. I'm, his first name Sam. Is that, that right? Yeah. Sam uh, Wagoner. Yeah. Okay. So I, I'm trying to like seriously. I want to. Am I perceiving this as he's going after Joe, or is he just talking to Joe? Make an intelligence roll here, Cully, because I, I I think I, in I, my I, mind I, I got a super duper pooper success. <laughs> How long have we been playing this game? <laughs> don't, don't judge me. Uh, <laughs> that's super that's... duper. Super duper pooper is an absolute scale in this game. And I just. Yes. It. OK. I, then I think with that, you would recognize that though he's animated and um, it could be perceived as aggressive. You realize like this is just this guy's personality. I, that doesn't mean you wouldn't step in. But I think you're fully aware that like this is just this dude. And you're but you're also aware in that moment that uh joe tipped y'all's hand and said did what did bellow say to him or let that slip so i'm gonna turn to joe and i'm gonna say joe you tell me what you want to do i i don't think he's trying to hurt us i just think he's he's really upset because of what happened to his son but i don't think he's trying to hurt us but you tell me what you feel comfortable with and I'll lean in and say, but he said that uh, Bello is a spy. If if you guys say that you know him, it maybe he'll think we're spies and turn us in. And I'm saying this while hugging Joe, saying it'll be okay. And then I whisper <laughs> so he doesn't can't tell that uh, it's okay. You this man don't mean no harm. He's just uh, obviously he's. Running on high emotions. Uh, you you tell him whatever he, you know, if you feel like you, telling him. You say that out loud, that part. Yeah. Yeah. And I go, oh, oh I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm sorry there, sir. You're right. I a little hot under the collar there. Uh, my oh, my roots were showing. And uh, my apologies, dear. And apologies to you. Uh, uh, you, uh, you, you, you wounded last there on the table. And uh, 
for being too offensive there. I just uh, lost my, my head a little bit. I think I'm more perturbed. Not only is there just some uh, hooligan here causing trouble and strife for my family and I, but uh, that the that the military would allow such a thing. Uh, we've been uh, partners with them here in town for quite some time. And I, uh, well, I got a bit of a kindred spirit with the military. And this seems uh, a bit weird, a bit uh, unusual uh, for them to just be acting so rash and impulsive. Uh, they're bringing in contractors and non-military folk and just something doesn't smell right. Do you mean it instead of your food contract? Or the people you saw when you went to the facility? No, the food contract folks. Uh, they, they changed from uh, under military purview to these uh, just slime balls. Uh, is that a colloquial saying back in the 1940s? Who knows? Uh, sure. just, I invented sure. it. Sam Wagoneer. DM. DM. Over there. And they've been, uh, well, honestly, soliciting... Uh, bribes for for contracts and services and uh it's the only way i can uh make sure my family has food on the table my boy has bicycles to ride <laughs> you, see, you seem very very preoccupied with that bicycle really relying on prior plot points just really hammering those in <laughs> mr wagoneer speaking of amos uh when you came in the door you said that he was in a bind is there something i could help you with yeah, he was trying to make a deal. Uh, no, uh, uh, he's a, uh, it's a bad devil went down a Georgia joke. Uh, so he, uh, yeah, he's, he's all worked up uh, after this uh, uh, stranger calls him on the phone. Uh, now he's yes, got a- Is he here with you? He's, uh, no, no, he's and not. And y'all see, y'all see Dr. Gardner, it, like this, like the more people that are starting to talk her remember that personality shift mm-hmm. it shifts kind of abruptly in the other direction now and um she gets quite assertive in as as there's more people around hmm. no ma'am uh he's at home uh my wife cheryl's taking care of him yes and- sir mr wagoneer so you lied to me to get into my facility no, no, he's he's I came here because I I needed to see if you had any information, if you have anything that may calm him on his wits. I'm the doctor. Yeah, I, that's why I'm here, ma'am. Yes. So yes, ma'am. Where's Amos? Like I said, he's he's down the road just at the farm. But uh, well, I, I, I jumped in the car and I sped off uh, coming to see you to see if uh, you got you got anything. Uh, tinctures and the like uh, poultices. Some uh, fancy westward medicine, eastern medicine, uh, uh, east coast medicine. <laughs> I thought Nailed it. you were here looking. <laughs> you are so good at this. <laughs> we're an injured chicken man. It's Better a two- than a westward poultice. <laughs> I, I'm looking. I'm looking for. <laughs> I'm looking for the chicken man because he initiated and sparked this uh, this uh, lie and trouble with the base and with my son. And I'm also looking to see if uh, I can try and calm him some way. He, he's, he, we've tried everything. We've tried reading his favorite books, uh, giving him his favorite snacks, uh, tucking him in, uh, uh, rocking him for a little bit. Uh, but you know, how it's... old is your son? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Wagoneer. 
I am not a veterinarian. This horse is dead. Have a seat. What? <laughs> you three, if you have anything that can calm him down, please talk to him. Otherwise, I'm focused on your friend over here who definitely needs help. Well, th these two children need some uh, need some rest. I'll go. I'll go talk to Mr. Wagoner. Yep. I know a bit about uh, this chicken man you're looking for. You and I can uh, have a talk outside. And I turn to the kids and I give you a quick wink. Joe, can you make a luck roll? You just wink yeah. at it. <laughs> oh, my back is to you. All right. Uh, 14. That's got to be okay. Okay. All right. Um, then, uh, Boone, as you walk Mr. Wagoneer out to the front of the building, uh, the paper boy rides by and uh -oh. Uh -oh. chucks a newspaper, uh, hits you square in the chest. Um, you, you kind of catch it and, uh, yep. And we'll stop there for the night. Wow. Oh boy. Rick coming in with a new character. Yeah. <laughs> huh? Huh? Foil to the last character. He's going to keep putting these little seeds in and it's going to end up with characters pissed at one another in some sort of conga line. Okay, keep you. We can. Uh, I, I kind of just see a Bella pan of water and a little see, splash of oil. See you two face off against each other. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for us tonight. Thanks for joining us. Uh, if you would like to find us between now and the next episode, you can do so at underthelibrary.com. You can find us on Twitter, under the LIB, on YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. So until next time, for me, for Scott, Wayne, Rick, Chris, Emily, and Michael, thanks so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time. I'm coming to see you to see if uh, you got you got anything, uh, tinctures and the like, uh, poultices, some uh, fancy westward medicine, eastern medicine, uh, uh, east coast medicine. And the chicken man stole your bicycle? Is there something I could help you with? Yeah, he was trying to make a deal. Uh, no, uh, uh, he's a, uh, it's a bad devil went down a Georgia joke. Boone hears the scream, grabs a tire iron and smash, mess the fuck. So it was just uh, shooting into a meatloaf. All right. I saw you were back. And then I used it to stab you in the back. <laughs>